more than any other art form I've had experience of, Greek tragedy does one particular thing, and that is look suffering and human misery directly in the face. And it can't stare it down, but it stares at it. No other art form is so unflinching about it. I think part of the reason that Greek theatre transcends cultural and temporal boundaries is because its themes are so universal that even though it's set in a culture which is very different to our own, the basic themes still speak to us today because they're universal. We still have difficulty with our relationships. We still have to make painful decisions in our own lives and we still have to grapple with the unfairness of the universe and the fact that people seem to suffer when they don't seem to really deserve to. The first really important study of Greek tragedy was by a 4th century Greek philosopher called Aristotle. And Aristotle thought for a very, very long time about what made Greek tragedy effective. And he actually came up with a formula, and that is that the heroes of tragedy needed to be um, good, but not so good that um, you sort of couldn't relate to them. People trying to be good, but making mistakes like Creon. He is actually trying to be a good king of Thebes. He's just not getting it right. He's making lots of mistakes. Aristotle says that one of the key things that leads to tragedy is what he calls the hamartia, the error of judgment. And tragedy is actually about real people making bad decisions that lead to terrible results. Real people making bad decisions often for good reasons. So tragedy is about the idea that we live in a flawed world full of suffering and full of injustice and misery. But it also shows us that those things are caused by our actions and they're therefore remediable by our actions. Almost all the plays actually have someone die in the course of them. And so what we watch is, is not only their reactions, if they know it's going to happen, and those um, of the people who are left behind, but even in the ones where people don't actually die, the main characters have a peculiarly intense relationship. They're usually held in the grip of the past somehow through their dialogue with the dead. Many characters in Greek tragedy who know they're about to die or fear they're about to die address the sun. One of the strongest metaphors for death for the ancient Greeks was, I'm going to leave the light or I will never look upon the sun again. That means I, I will die because they believed that after death they were consigned to this dark netherworld beneath the earth. Greek tragedy is a very stylized genre and its structure is relatively fixed. It always starts with a prologue which sets the scene. After that, then the chorus come on and sing an introductory ode, which both comment on the previous scene, but also allow for the passing of time. Um, so a choral ode might only last five minutes, but the audience can imagine that perhaps several hours have gone by and so something important offstage can have happened during that time. One of the real innovations made by the Greek tragedians in, 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 in literature is in the way they constructed their plots. What they learnt to do over that 80 years was make everything happen in their plays in less than the time between a sunrise and a sunset. So you get this very, very, very skillful writing that means you can unravel many, many, many things that have led to this disaster and often much of the future, if the god comes along and gives you some predictions, all concentrated into this tight action of a single day. That has had an unimaginable impact on the future of dramatic writing. It's difficult to underestimate the, the impact of Greek theatre on the theatre in, in Europe that's developed in the, in the years 
since, really, especially since the Renaissance. Um, there are modern playwrights who do deliberately attempt to use the structures and ideas of Greek tragedy. I mean, most famously, I suppose, the American playwright Arthur Miller, who deliberately sets out in plays like Death of a Salesman to, to, to copy the structure of a Greek tragedy and, and follow it through. In many ways, I think that the uh, modern form of entertainment that, that uses the same kind of material as ancient Greek tragedy rather you know, astonishingly, is soap opera. The actual plots of soap opera, which are set very much in the community, you have the community reaction, involve these close family dramas. We often have two brothers fighting. You very often have um, um, tragic and unexplained deaths. You have inappropriate sex. The affair is the absolute staple. You have powerful matriarchs. Um, you have illegitimacy. So they carry on having their um, impact um, in our most popular form of entertainment. Aristotle talks about a thing called catharsis, which in ancient Greek means cleansing or purify. And he says that when we watch the end of a tragedy, we feel pity and fear, and those emotions get purged, they get cleansed in some sense. What he probably means by that is the sense of emotional draining, um, that the experience of watching a play somehow purges you of your, all your emotions, and that it's a cleansing process, that it's traumatic, but it's also um, a good experience that you come out of it perhaps feeling drained. And I think anybody who's ever burst into tears at the end of a movie knows you can actually feel better for that. If it gets in touch with some sort of strong emotion in you about, oh, I really hope that doesn't happen to me or that poor woman, uh, weeping over it can actually rather paradoxically strengthen you. That's what catharsis is. Tragedy is about confronting suffering, death, mourning, loss, all of these things. Um, what it, and what it does is it enables us to, to find reflections uh, of our own lives and see that these feelings and ideas are shared. These feelings and ideas are part of a community. They're part of tradition. 